James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. (laughs) Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Justin Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. We have an incredible show lined up for you. We're excited on a whole bunch of different levels. We're actually broadcasting live on YouTube today. And thankfully, he just made it into the studio. I'd like to announce and welcome... The bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, the one, the only, Mr. Dean Holland. Welcome to the show. <laughs> what a trumpet. <laughs> we got an upgraded trumpet for Dean. Uh, he's got his noble white steed off to the side. We felt it would be a little bit too intrusive to have him st- sitting on the horse. Although that's what you usually do, isn't it? That is what I normally do. Seven days a week, actually, and not just for this show. Actually, right. Uh, just a general thing I do in the streets. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the UK is that way. You just ride around on a horse most of the time. That is what we do. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so we're uh, we're super excited for today's show. We have a couple of our favorite people in the entire world, um, which is good because Dean is one of my least favorite people in the entire world. And so I kind of need to counterbalance that. Right. Um so the so uh we're we're I guess we'll just bring him on the show. Let's uh let's bring yeah. him right in, have him here. Uh Brandon and Kaylin Poolin are the founders of Lady Boss. L- this is this is how awesome they are, you guys, not just as human beings, but as business people. Uh last year, 2019, number four on the Inc. 5000 and number one fastest growing company, business to consumer company in the entire United States. Okay, these guys are gangsters. 350,000 customers, and they've only been at it for a few years. We're going to get into their story. Brandon Kalen, welcome to the mayhem. We're glad to have you guys here today. Welcome. Yeah. I forgot my my pony, my unicorn. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Thanks for having us, guys. Oh, my God. We do this all the time in real life, so I'm like excited to do this in the setting now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Now, um, and and please don't be intimidated uh, by the fact that Dean did ride in on a horse. It doesn't take anything away from you guys no. or your accomplishments or anything like that. Right. It's just his we'll way. Try. We'll try our best. <laughs> yeah. Good. In Good. fact, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think riding in on a horse is Dean's only accomplishment. Um, <laughs> so that's why we kind of have to have to do that. We can't let it go. This is only credential. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's got to do it. All right. So, um, so I want to get right into your guys' story. Because I've I've been with you guys as a friend along your journey, and it still blows my mind how you've gone from a thousand dollars in the bank to one of the fastest growing companies in the entire country. It's like I don't even know if we have enough time in the show to talk about how you've done that, but I want to at least scratch the surface because there's so many people who are listening today. Uh, I don't, I don't know what this was, but okay. All right. Like, <laughs> like somebody got to wiggle the finger a little bit. Just scratch. all right. Wait, okay, there we go. Come on, scratch and sniff. Yeah. Okay, so the satire show, James. Come on. <laughs> Look at this. Of all the people I expect to be talking BS on this show, it was me or Dean or Kalen. It wasn't Brandon, but he came out strong with the scratch and sniff. So, <laughs> so here's what I want to know. 
how have you guys done this? Like, how have you made this happen? It's it's a truly remarkable feat. And I think people will probably like to hear the story that you you did have a thousand dollars in the bank account before all of this success. What was going on in your lives at that time? And how did this really start for you guys? Yeah, so, so I mean, we uh, we really started our our professional careers, if you will. I'm 27, Kalen's don't sh- 21. Um, <laughs> 18. Um, but but we, we started our career in, in network marketing. Really, that's where our business career, if you will, started. And we were in a health and weight loss company. And that's actually um, how we met. And yeah, so it's actually how we met and, and ended up getting married. But um, but we started in the weight loss health fitness industry um at, in network marketing right where you can sign up and they just they hand you basically the opportunity to sell and uh and so we started there and we did that for four or five years um met through that company um and then ultimately decided to do our own thing um but i mean it's a pretty crazy story i mean we were like okay we're gonna branch out on our own and this has to work we're two months behind on rent we're we're we're, we're, we're late on lease uh rent payments and car lease payments and everything and we basically just locked ourselves up from the outside world for two months and just worked like around the clock to launch what is what is now Lady Boss. So All right, before hold on, before we go any further, I feel like so many people have had their backs up against the wall like that. And in fact, probably right now, with everything that's happened this year, a lot of people are, you know, oh my God, what am I gonna do? The world's changed, like all this. Wh- where what is the mindset? that causes you guys to be like, all right, we got to dig in and make something happen versus the mindset of somebody who's just like the hell with it. I feel like a failure and, and everything's just not going to work. Like, cause there was a important decision that you guys made at that point in time. Like what was the catalyst for that? I mean, I think you kind of nailed it when you said the mindset of like, we're just going to dig in and figure this out. Right. It's like, you're only thinking one of two thoughts, either, I'm going to dig in and figure this out and I'm going to do the work, right? You have to be willing to do that because that's like without that part, it's just whatever. It's it's fairy dust or or a unicorn Dean writing with <laughs> the dust behind Dean's unicorn. No, that's very real. That's real. Yeah. So that's probably not a great yeah. analogy. Yeah, to not the greatest example. Okay. I'm going to do that about an hour from now. So <laughs> yeah. he's going to leave his office like that. So that's the serious thing. Yeah. So, so it's, it, you got to be willing to put in the work, but I think it's, you're only thinking two things. Like either I'm going to figure this out, I'm going to do it and it's going to work or I'm going to die trying basically, or, Oh, what could happen? Fear. What if this, what if that all the negative outcomes, right? Like there's all, you're only think you can't think two things at the same time. Like you're either one or the other. So just pick one mindset, either victim or victor. And that's it. There's no in between. Nice. Did right. you guys, had you guys been, you know, strengthening your mindset over time before this situation? Do you think your time in, you know, network marketing and probably being rejected like all the time helped like with day. that? Because like, not not everybody wants to hear your network marketing pitch or opportunity. Yeah. We don't have one for you now. <laughs> Damn it. We, you know that, you know, that. just as an aside, Dean and I did have a guy, we, we had a guy on the show. We never aired this episode, but he actually pitched us his network marketing opportunity on the show. Yeah. Oh, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the yeah, people. So, we're, so obviously we're in his downline right now. 
Yeah. No, um, honestly, we'll, I think to answer your question, I think we got super lucky finding network marketing when we did because we were both so young, right? I was like 20, Brandon was, Rob was, yeah, 20, and Brandon was like 17. He like, I illegally signed he up. He illegally signed up for network marketing when he <laughs> yeah. was 17. And I think it was the best thing that ever happened to us because we learned what personal development was. We learned like that you could change your mindset yourself, you could rebuild it, like you get to sow the seeds into your mind. And, um, I think that's like the biggest thing that we took away was all that personal growth, all that personal development, all that belief that like we could go make it happen. We could make anything out of nothing if we wanted to. And that's a choice, right? It's a choice. Um, so yeah, I would, I would definitely say, say that was like the number one takeaway from that. Okay. So, so how did you, how did you guys choose what you're doing now? Like you, you kind of locked yourselves away for two months. You're like, we got to do something. We're if we don't figure this out, bad things are going to happen financially in our lives, and you know all the consequences of that. How did you guys decide what to do? Because there's a world of opportunity. Why? Why this? Yeah, I think I think well. So Lady Boss helps women lose weight, love themselves again, right? It's like it's a platform to help women transform their health, and then you know hopefully that bleeds down to their family tree, and so that's ultimately what it is. And I think the inception really came from number one, we were in the health and weight loss industry. For years before that, we spent every every night at a at a um, a party like a like a sales party, right? Invite people to the house, pitch them the opportunity, pitch them the program. Like we spent every night sitting down face to face with the women that are now our customers, right? And lady boss. So we knew, we knew them, we knew their story, we knew their struggles, we knew their problems, we knew their pain points, we knew their dreams. We we knew them so well. So it was a natural like pivot from someone else's vehicle to creating our own. Um, and then also Kaylin's story. I mean, she lost 65 pounds, set a world record in the, in the International Federation of Bodybuilding, her, her, her fitness background, our business backgrounds together. I mean, it, it really just like doing anything else would have been like kind of starting over as far as like the momentum we already had in this niche, in this industry. So it was just like a real natural kind of evolution. And, and it's not exactly the same as what we did before, but it, it served the same customer with similar products. Right. And I guess, I guess, uh, as an aside, Dean, when you, when you decided to teach other people burlesque, you yeah. did that for the same reasons because of your background and your stage dancing and all the stuff that you had done previously. Well, it's a natural progression. I mean, I'm not, right. no stranger to nipple clamps and dancing. So <laughs> I didn't see any of, those, any of that in the, uh, the animated intro video. You might have to yeah. add that. Or our, yeah. our producer, our producers told us <laughs> we had to, uh, we had to edit that out. It was, it was, uh, it was in the original, but we were told it was a little too risque. Appropriate. Um, yeah. So, all right. But I think, I think that actually is a really good point that I want to zero in on for people who are watching and listening. Um, it's better to build on what you have experience in doing and you already understand because you guys could have gone in a completely different direction, but may not have brought like that, you know, previous four years of experience and understanding weight loss and, and how to, how to approach people like that. And so, so there was some base and a foundation that you were able to kind of bring, at least from a knowledge perspective, maybe not with the business side of things, but who you were serving. And, and I think that's really important because I see sometimes people just like something doesn't work and then they just go, a completely different direction that has nothing to do with the original thing that they have experience in. And then they have to like learn and start all over again. 
Right. Yeah. So our like lady boss overnight, overnight success, right. was like five years of training ground in the industry, right. Before we could ever even hope to branch out on our own. And I was speaking at an event in California, um, last year, pre COVID, um, <laughs> and now you're speaking at an event, you're going to be like, if it was an actual event, it was pre COVID, but, uh, believe you. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and someone asked like, so what should I do? Like, I don't have a business. What should I do? And it's like, what have you already been doing? Like, and if you haven't been doing anything, just start something that's close to you. Go find someone like just start moving in the direction. Right. But I think yeah. and everyone's entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey. Like I think every journey is a snowflake period. Every company is as well. And the stories are always going to be different, but um, you know, there's, I think that you probably get to a point when you're successful with a business where you could kind of take those principles and go probably into any, in any industry. But I think in the beginning, it's like, what makes the most sense for me now? Understanding you're going to have to put in the time you're going to have to go through the fire. Like there's just no way to not like, you're not going to just like wake up one morning, start a brand new thing that you know nothing about and just be successful overnight. Like it just doesn't work. It doesn't happen. Like, like the Facebook ads might tell you that, but that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, pre I appreciate you saying that because I feel like because of Facebook and Instagram and all the other social media platforms, people get this impression that overnight success is a thing. And meanwhile, you guys have had accelerated success, but it's still been consistency year after year, day after day of doing things that have been moving in a direction. And I think that's such an important thing for people to realize is that success takes work and focus and discipline and consistency. And of honestly, of all the people that I know, you guys embody that yeah. like probably more than anybody else that I've met. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I think right now in 2020, despite whatever may have happened this year, I, I, I've been saying this for, for five years since we started it is like, we live in a time of unprecedented opportunity. Like, like I run the entire business of lady boss along with Kaylin from zoom on a laptop. Like you have access to every piece of information at your fingertips. Like anyone that knows anything about anything is like making content like this, like the access to, to information, the technology, the efficiency, the speed, things that used to take, five employees are now one piece of software you can pay 50 bucks a month for. I mean, it's just like, it's unprecedented opportunity, but it still takes time, energy, work, strategy, all the ingredients, you know, together with tenacity and not quitting. Um, but I certainly think it's easier to be successful now than it probably was 20 years ago and just jumping in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dean, I'm, uh, I'm, well, frankly, I'm doing the heavy lifting and you're not doing any talking. I was gonna say I'm hogging the mic, but that's not really true. Um, what what uh what do you what do you gotta ask Brandon and Kalen before I launch into another barrage of questions? Oh, good point. Well, I um I, I, I think I when, when when was I was it was I there when you did the rebrand into Lady Boss? Was that how how many years ago was that? Uh we're six years old. I think that was like in year two. Year two. So what's that? Three three, four, four years ago, yeah. So what, what, one of the things that I was always fascinated with was how quickly that seemed to happen, like from that, from that point, like, so like, and this is one of the challenges I've, I'm asking this from more personal perspective now of like the different challenges that I've always faced. And I always seem to like, things seem to fly or run 
just went out um, <laughs> um and then like hit a ceiling and like one of one of the perceptions i always had when seeing you guys was like how it just seemed to keep going and like i would love to just know where you put like where was the primary focus when you know you see this explosive growth and everything but obviously it took a lot of steps to get there i'd love to hear a bit about like where did the focus go initially that gave you that that launch pad uh, yeah i think um i think that the coolest thing that makes being an entrepreneur the most exciting and hardest thing ever is that to grow every single day, week, month becomes different and morphs and shapes into something new. So like what I do now, what Kaylin does now is completely different than what we did a month ago, six months ago, a year ago. And if you find yourself doing the same things, then you're probably not growing because in order for you to create that growth and momentum, you have to continue to leverage um, systems, leverage people, leverage your time, because th th that's really like what a business is. It's like you have the end result, deliver the product, deliver the service to the consumer. But along the way in doing that, you start with you, you build on it, the team grows, the systems grow, the processes grow. And so for me, it's a constant, like, so I don't have a perfect answer of like how it can morph for you. But I think the principle is like, it's a constant process of evaluating where what is the need of the business to grow? And then where are you going to spend your time to fill that need? And then, and then how are you going to spend your time to create leverage ultimately? So like, so, so you should only do the things that you can do. Everybody else, your team systems processes should do everything, um, everything that you can. So it's always like, how do I delegate to a system? How do I delegate to a person? How do I delegate this to a contractor, to an agency, or whatever. Um, and, and so as you accumulate revenue, that revenue becomes ammunition to then invest back and then delegate to get more of your time back to then focus. And then the cycle repeats itself. I like, I wish I could draw it in a perfect circle, but like that's ultimately like a oversimplified version of like, how do you grow something right? Yeah. As a, as an entrepreneur. I think the other thing too, like off of what you said, Dean, about when we first transitioned from we were originally called tool time trainer. We catered to men and women. Um, we had, <clears throat> I was doing uh, coaching calls, things like that. And I think one of the biggest things in shifting and in our business that has helped us continue to grow is that we don't get romantic about the things that we do, like including the name. Once we realized that the name like needed to change, like people didn't resonate with it. Uh, Yada, James's spouse also said, well, what does your tribe call themselves? Right. And it was like, well, nothing right they don't have an identity and once we started shifting that i think that was the first real step of us realizing like we can never get romantic about what we're doing and so we're constantly well, and you guys you guys changed the name yeah. on a flight like yeah. you weren't even you weren't attached to it on any level you you left the ground with tool time trainer and by the time the wheels hit ground where you were going it had a completely different name and just like okay and logo <laughs> yeah yeah and the logo i mean it's Right there. Yeah. I, I think I think that's <laughs> I think that's a really important thing for people to to listen to as well is once you know a better thing, it's like no better, do better. And the and the gap for you guys between no better, do better is like infinitesimally small. You're just like, oh, this is a better weight, let's do that. Yeah. And, yeah, you don't, and I, you don't and so, need, yeah, you don't need time, you don't need time to make, make a, a decision. decision. You need information. And like once you have the information, then any time you're putting there is just wasted now, right? It's just procrastination, right? So mm -hmm. like, like you don't need time. You don't need to sit in your like rocking chair at home and like 
Think, oh. about, think about this. Like, like that's not going to do anything for you. You need information and then you, you seek counsel, right? So get information, run it by people you trust in that area and then make a decision. And so I, I would even say like an exercise that I do regularly is go, I need to make three decisions right now that I've been putting off. And that just like weight just like comes off and progress just happens when you do that instead of this like limbo mode where you're like, let me just like continue to rock in my chair back and forth until all of a sudden I'm wise enough to make a, a decision, right? So I think if you want to close the gap, that's how I would do it. Yeah. Sure. And also I think with entrepreneurs, like we want to like try to do everything. We want to like, here's the new marketing thing and here's the new this and here's the new that. I'm like, oh, let's go chase this thing and let's go do this thing. And like, we need to add this to our business. And I think for us, a question that we started asking, we ask our team every time we do our sprint that we really started focusing on is what do we need to stop doing? And I think it really helps us stay on track of like the mission, the vision, like not getting distracted by things that could be like maybe a, a small plant or we're trying to like grow trees here. Right. And um, I think that's like one of the biggest things is what should you stop doing right now that you've been doing that's taking time, energy, but that's not showing a change in the business. Um, and when we started saying that and stopped getting like being romantic about like, oh, well, this has always been a part of the business. We can't stop doing this because we've always done it. Well, that's not necessarily true. And if you want to continue to grow, it's pruning your business, stopping things that you shouldn't be doing, focusing time and energy on the things that are actually, um, you know, creating growth in, in your company. Yeah. And just to add, to that, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'll say just to add to that, th there's a balance between like innovation ideas and then simplification and focus. And it's like a pendulum. So like you have to continue to innovate and think big picture and have ideas. Otherwise, You'll just be doing something that's really five years old and then people won't want it anymore. Um, but you also have to have the discipline to focus on what's important and simplify the way there. Um, our, our like mantra the last 12 months, we've had some pretty explosive, explosive growth this year, has been focus, simplify, and scale. And so it's been more, we're at a stage where we've had to ask, there's this shiny object highway just <laughs> flying by you all the time as a, as an entrepreneur. And it's like, what do I need to say no to? And what do I need to get rid of? Because if I just focused on the one thing that was actually netting me the greatest result and doubled down and tripled down and quadrupled down on it, oh. right. Then, then what would happen? And I think that's, that's key Dean to pull this loop all the way back to the question you asked about like, how does you get in that continual growth? I think a lot of those things combined. I think it's also the numbers too, though, because we were about to kill this entire company. Like we were about to kill this entire thing in the beginning because we didn't actually know our numbers. We didn't actually do the math. And then Brandon sat down, we sat down and he does all the math. And he's like, wait, like this is actually like we're forexing. Um, our ad spend. And we didn't even, we had no idea. It just felt like it wasn't working. And even like um, to this day, like certain new programs that we launch or whatever, until we dig down in the numbers, we're like, wait, this looks like it's like failing, you know, or flopping. And you actually like look at the numbers, like dig into the data and understand like, is it working? Is it not? Should you kill it? Should you not? And what's funny is you usually find like um, your most uh, profitable things and in, in the weirdest places of things that you don't think are actually working. That's a really that's a really good point because I feel like that's the piece of business that most entrepreneurs want to run and hide from. They're like, oh, like I just want to come up with ideas all the time and I just want to whiteboard and brainstorm and like the shiny penny highway is so sexy and attractive, right? And I just want to live over there. But you said something once, Brandon. I remember you're just like, dude, the path is math. And I and I couldn't agree with that more. It's like, how do you know your numbers well enough to not just guess? 
what's working, but know what's working and then say yes to that more and no to the stuff that doesn't seem like it. It's actually getting you the results. Hmm. It's funny because it, what's great about, you know, depending on where you are in the cycle, right? I think if you're under 10 million annually, if you're under 5 million annually, probably even one, the smaller, the smaller your business, the easier it is to get the information because it's typically not as complex. And yeah. so like, it's so like, you've got to get in the habit of reviewing the, 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 the KPIs, the key performance indicators um, that you have now. First, it's like, what are they, right? Like, what am I actually, like, like if I just like said, hey, what number should I track that will move the needle for me and grow the business? Like, do you even know what those numbers are? Like, do you have a list of five key things and I would make this list as short as possible to keep it simple that I should be focusing on? And then are you tracking those, right? I mean, at this point now in our business, we're implementing these massive enterprise resource planning systems just to get information because it's so complex. Yeah. But in the in the early stages, um, they're available. And I think that's that's one thing is like, if you just identify what are the three, four, five KPIs of your company? Um, is it more, is it how many salespeople we hire? Is that the driver? Is it, um, you know, how much money we spend on advertising this platform? Is that the driver? Is it how many posts do I make? How many podcasts do I do? Like how many interviews I set up? Like whatever your thing is, like find out what that activity driver is. And if you just focus on that, I mean, it's inevitable that you'll grow if it's the right number, right? Right, right. Yeah. Well, what? So, so sort of shifting gears a little bit because it's, this is what I love about talking with you guys. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Um, <laughs> is you guys are such a complimentary pair of individuals in, yes, exactly. That's what I was hoping for. Um, in, in how you do things and how you approach things and, and Brandon, you're, you're super systematic, incredibly logical, you know, very like, you know, focus on implementation, everything. And it's not that Kalen's not focus on the creative and understanding the, you know, the, how to create the culture and all these things. And I think for all of the things that you guys have said, one of the things that I know without question has helped you guys grow is truly how much you care about the women that you're serving and how that's helped you create this incredibly magnetic culture where, where I've seen when you guys do, you guys have swag drops and, you know, protein drops and supplement drops and all these things like you guys who are listening and watching the, the, the women that these, that Brandon Kalen serve are literally shouting at them, please take my credit card. Like to have a, a customer base that's as excited about what you guys are doing as you guys are excited about serving them has been so critical. Can you guys talk a little bit about how you've done that? And, and, and obviously Kaylin's got her story about how she lost weight and she's inspired all these other women and stuff like that. But how do you create this culture, both inside the company, which we've touched on a little bit and outside with your customer base that is so fanatical that they just want more of what you have to offer? Yeah. I'll give you like a principle and then a few tactics that like anyone could take away. So I think the principle is, and this is something that actually um, over the last few weeks I've been preaching, if you will, to to my leadership team is what are the customer implications? Mm -hmm. Like every single thing that you do, you should have like a big 
lens in front of your face. Like what are the customer implications of this? What is the customer's journey when they click through this page? What, how many emails in a row do they get? Like, what does it feel like when they get off the phone with your salespeople? Like, what are the, what are the customer implications of the things that you're doing? Like, what is it like when they open your box? What is it like when they, when they scroll your app? Like whatever your thing is, if you use that lens, like you just, you can't lose because, because that's, that's who's paying your bills. And that's what people don't like. We get in their business and we get so into it. We forget like every salary and your salary and every bill and every subscription and every it's all paid by them. And so you should be thinking about them and everything that you do, not thinking about yourself or how great you think you are and how good your stuff is. Right. Do, do you feel like you guys always had that perspective, even from the very beginning about, you know, like who are we, who are we serving and how to, how does this whole experience get created for them? Is that something that was foundational or you kind of picked up on and built along the way? I think it was, I think it's a little both. Like I think, I think that we have to course correct sometimes and come back. We're not perfect. You know, we, 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 we get um, focused in interior, I kind of call it, in the company itself or the people in the company or the processes in the company so much so that we forget about the customer implications um, because we're trying to organize things inside of our bubble and we forget the whole reason the bubble exists is, is the customer. And so I think it's a balance. I think, you know, we've certainly grown a lot in that. And there's times where we've had to course correct back on that. Um, you know, so it's, you know, it's an interesting journey always, and it's always shifting. Um, but I think tactically, you know, do you have a mission for your company? Do you know exactly who you're trying to serve? Or are you just kind of flailing around whenever you hear an idea? You know, are you, do you, do you talk about that mission to your team if you have employees, right? Or your contractors, um, is there like, you have to set, um, you have to set your, your coordinates in a direction. Otherwise, you, you know, you, you end up just swaying and varying in degrees. And one, you know, if you fly from California to New York and you change one degree of the flight path, you're going to be in a completely different place. So it's like, do you have those, those, that, that path in front of you? And, and, you know, it's, it's okay to be flexible, but like, like lady boss isn't going to like start launching a bunch of like cabinetry products tomorrow mm -hmm. because all of our women have desks at their house. It's like, it's like you have to, to, to have an idea of what course you're on and stick to that. And then, and then, you know, permeating that culture and that mission through the company. So you have an identity, you know, who you are, who you're trying to serve. You'd be surprised how many people don't have that defined. Like mm -hmm. I, I see that a lot. It's like, we just kind of, blow around in the wind when we hear something good or we get a good idea from the shiny, uh, the, the, the shiny object highway flying by us. And, and we forget that. So I think, I think that focus has been extremely helpful for us in our journey. Awesome. Um, and Dean, I know like for what you guys are doing with the e-com business and brand that, that you and Robin have been launching, I know that's been a big focus for you guys. How do you, you know, how do you really serve that that woman in that market that you guys are serving. So you're kind of going down that exact same path right now. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny when you said that Brandon, like many people don't even take the time to do that. Well, that we did that, but we didn't know we were getting that wrong. Like it was like, we were completely unaware of it at the time. But when you say it now, it's like obvious, like, of course you got to figure that out. And that, that was, you and I've spoke James, that was like switching us, turning a switch for us. Like as soon as we said, hang on, who are we serving? And like, what, what's the path here? It literally just changed overnight. It was that fast. So it's so big. So how do you, how do you go from, okay, you know, this is who I'm serving. 
to, you know, 350,000 women who are like, I've, I've been in public places with you and, and, and it's almost like the paparazzi, you know, is like attacking you, Kaylin. Like how, how do you create that raving fan? Like, is it just everything is always about the customer or is there some other, you know, ingredients in building that, that raving fan culture? Sound like you're looking for secrets, James. I well, I'll tell you what I'm looking for, Dean, and I'm going to be very blunt about this. I'm looking for the tips. This show is called Just the Tips, and I feel like we need to furnish the tips to our listeners. <laughs> yeah, so I'd say the first part of this is um, realizing that the person that you're serving, obviously, like you just said, but also at the same time, like realizing, okay. For me to serve these people, I have to be as real as possible. I see too many people that try to be everything to everyone. They try to get everyone to like them. That'll never be true. There's people in your own family that don't like you and they're your family, right? So you have to give away, like you have to give up this idea of like, everyone's gonna love me and I have all these raving fans, like all this stuff and just be you and stand on the things that uh, you believe and that your company believes. So for me, it's like, um, you know, I, uh, God and guns, right? That That's my first two things and then it's like, the things that people believe about weight loss. And I stand on those beliefs that I have. And when you do that and you're so confident in, in your beliefs, people come to you and they feel like they can be themselves. Um, I think the other thing is setting a precedent in your community, which I think we've done really, really well is, you know, we don't allow any BS. We don't allow any drama. When you have a, a group of 120,000 active women in a Facebook group, things can go south pretty, pretty quick. You know, <laughs> it can yeah. go south pretty quick. So I think it's just setting a precedent of what your community stands for, who they are, what their identity is. We don't talk about each other. We empower each other. We challenge each other. We don't post negativity. We don't post drama. So that doesn't get anyone anywhere. And really setting those guidelines in your community in, in um in a clear way that doesn't make them feel like they're being suppressed. It makes them feel like they're being liberated of the everyone else in their life. They will come off of our Facebook group and you have to go back to real life where everyone's complaining about everything. Right. Mm. So it's really setting that precedent. And then I think um, really the third thing is uh, uh, believing in them more than they believe in themselves. I call it borrowed confidence, right? So with your customers, with your group, with your people, like you have to give them that borrowed confidence until they believe in themselves, right? I think the reason why women attach so much to this brand is because we give them that belief in the beginning. They step into a new identity. They become a lady boss. We believe in them more than they believe in themselves. Our phone team, like they're talking to them on the phone, like, Tina, this is your best day ever. You can do this. Like, and we just empower these women. I feel like most companies try to like push their customers aside and try to not talk to them, not communicate with them. Like, oh, if we just keep them over there, then they'll forget that they're buying from us. Right. And we really try to take the hand of our customer and walk them through. And I think that's what creates that, that, um, that community. I also think it's not being too high and like thinking you're cool. Um, that's like the worst thing. I remember meeting some of the people that I were influencers to me back in the day. And I met them in real life. And I was like, this is not the same person that I see on social media. And I just strive to be that same person, that same funny, quirky person, like no matter what. Um, and I think more entrepreneurs need to step into who they are and just be yourself. And the people that are like you will come to you. And that's what creates such a you know tight community like we have. Yeah. And, and, and to, to add to that, um, you know, a weight loss health change is a complete lifestyle change, right? So we've created a, an online Facebook community and we spend a lot of money and resources making that a great asset because it's such a value add. You know, if you sell chairs, like 
you know, if you sell office chairs or, you know, mugs, right? Like there's probably not the same type of like um, lifestyle nature to your product. So, you know, not everyone should go make some big community and try to evangelize everybody. And, you know, there's different types of businesses out there, but I think ultimately, um, you know, if you're in an influencer type of business or a consulting type of business and you are, your business is you, I think that there's some amazing truths, um, to what she said that people should implement. And, and, you know, if you're in a different type of business where you're not as close to the customer, it's not like, it's like you're a product or you don't communicate a lot with them. There's not a big lifestyle change. Like, you know, if you sold a stick of gum, like you're not going to create a group about people that all chew gum. Like it's just not the same type of thing. But I think it all boils down to um, the little things that you do for the customer experience, right? Like our department in our company is not called customer service. It's called customer experience because the experience that they have in, in whatever way that you can, right? Like Apple, their customer experience is obviously immense and far reaching and is in so many areas now, but you can tell the thought they put into the way you click around on your computer and the way the phone feels and the way you browse menus. So like, you know, if you're selling makeup, like how does it look when they see it and how, when they open the box and what does it feel like? And you know, what are you trying to go for? And like, thinking through that, not just like, Oh, I got to make a product and I got to market it and think about my ads. And like, I think people forget about that. And I think the larger you get, the more the customer experience matters because people, people want to do business and buy things um, that make them feel good, that give them an experience. Right? Like I think retail is like, been dying for 10 years and it just got accelerated this year. But ultimately there's still going to always be like these boutique shops where you go in and there's wood on the ceiling and, and women get this amazing feeling like shopping and trying things on because it's an experience. And I think the brands that, that, that opted to, to focus on that, I think there's always going to be a place for them. They're always going to win. Yeah, man. That's, I feel like we just got a bunch of tips, Dean. We were like, yeah, right. Freaking like a machine gun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> lost. There's, no, there's no jokes anymore. It's like, it's got no, the joke. Eh, no, no, no. Don't go there. There's plenty of jokes. <laughs> um, so like, what, what other a massive prank to go on? I'm like, so on edge. I like you guys have spent two weeks together. I don't, I'm not expecting everything like a tank. It's actually not even being recorded. <laughs> no, it's not being recorded. Actually, uh, Gregory from Slater's, we have him on the line to offer you your women's trousers from your wedding. <laughs> he's calling in. Yeah, he's dialing in. Hello, Dane. Um, so, <laughs> so one one thing that uh, you know, I think trips up a lot of people, and I'm curious how you guys navigate this. First of all, you know, everybody's got to work with somebody because you can never create a company by yourself, right? And some people have partners, some people don't have partners. But even if you don't have partners, you have you know, stakeholders and you have different relationships and everything to manage. One, from a partnership perspective, you guys have become incredible partners, but you're also married, right? Which which is a whole different dynamic. And you look at most married couples and they can't even agree on what to have for dinner. And you guys are <laughs> we still have pushing it. Out. Yeah, we, yeah let, let us know if someone's got that one figured out. <laughs> All right, so... So you're still you're still human and dinner can still sometimes be a struggle. But how do you guys how do you guys make sure in the in the partnership that you have on the business side of things that you're getting the best out of each other? And how do you agree on direction and future and and all of those things? Because 
I imagine in order to grow as fast as you guys have, you found a way to remain aligned as opposed to have differing views of what things should look like. Totally. I think that boils down to team dynamics in any fashion. You know, you're a solopreneur with a couple employees. You're in a business partnership with two other business owners and yourself, right? Um, you can apply it anywhere. And I think you nailed it when you said the word align, uh, because ultimately you have to align towards that vision, that direction, right? And I think I think um, it's important, a couple things identifying what the strengths are in the people that are in, in the team, right? We'll, we'll just use the word team and whatever structure you have going on. So this can apply to anybody in the team. What are the strengths? Does everyone know each other's strengths? Are they written out? Is there three things, right? Like Kaylin's strength is selling. Her strength is in her creativity. Her strength is in her content. Her strength is in um, her ability to understand marketing and the customer, right? My strength is in operations. My strength is in leadership. My strength um, is in uh, team building and system building. And, you know, there's a lot of different things I do. But but so it's like we we're very clear on our strengths. And through the strengths, you derive the functions that you take, like your job description. Like I have a job description. So does she. Like right. just because we're the owners doesn't mean we're like we don't have job descriptions. And obviously, when you start a business, we wore all the hats. Well, and I think right? too, like in the beginning, we did wear all the hats. And the problem yeah. was we were both like excited about everything. I'm like, oh, let's both learn Facebook ads. And let's both learn how to do this. And let's both learn that. And one day we sat down and we're like, we can't both do everything. We need to uh, divide and conquer, right? So we sat down, made a T-chart. What are Kaylin's strengths? What are her weaknesses? What's Brandon's strengths? What are his weaknesses? Obviously, yeah. Brandon has all the strengths. And... <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, uh, and we really divided it up. So then we were clear, like, okay, this is your side of the line. And this is your side of the line. And back in the day when it was just the two of us, like we trusted each other to take care of that side of the line. And we didn't try to like come across the line and me tell Brandon like, oh, well you should have done it this way. It's just like, I trust that what you did was the right move because this is your strength and it's not mine. And I think most people don't, um, they don't evaluate those roles very well. And like, everyone's trying to do a piece of everything instead of like dividing it down the middle and divide and conquering. Yeah. It, it's a, so it boils down to like, if you do a functional analysis of like, so, so James, if you have partners in one of your ventures, what are the core functions that each person performs based on their strengths? Obviously let's not assign people stuff they, that they suck at. That's not going <laughs> to win. Right. So yeah. if that's clearly written out, like it's amazing to me, like when, when I talk to other entrepreneurs who have partners and they have other stakeholders and they have teams and like, there is, there's no clarity. It's like, Hey, here's your title. And that's all you know about what you're supposed to do. The rest, we just like try to figure out as we go and fall and stumble through when in reality, like if you, if they would just, you know, if you just stop doing analysis, write the functions of what you do, make it clear. And it's amazing the kind of like room that creates for people to do what they need to do um, and, and be successful and then eliminate all the drama and all the ego and all the barriers that, that just slow things down. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, I think it's a really good, really good point is to say, even you guys have documented job descriptions and what you're focused on. And I feel like in the entrepreneurial community, there is a level of unruliness where people are like, Oh no, no. Like I'm not going to pin myself down. You know, the whole reason I got into business, cause I want to be like freaking like, 
you know, living in a frat house where everything goes, <laughs> but, but in order to have success, you need to know what lane you're running in and you need to make sure everybody's running in the right lane with, with their strengths. And, and you guys have, have done that so effectively. What, like what, what happens when like, t talk about your planning process a little bit and how you decide, you know, maybe even back in the early days, like, okay, here's a, you know, here's our first milestone and here's what we're trying to shoot for. And here's our second milestone. How are you deciding what the next thing is? Because that's what you're rallying behind around. And that's a really important conversation. Yeah. Um, our, our planning process, actually, we just finished the agenda for it. We, we have, um, an executive team and a leadership team and we're doing a whole week and it's very complicated, complicated and, uh, not complicated really just, you know, there's a lot, Complex. lot, lot to it now. Um, but I mean, early on, it was just like, okay, let's have, let's have conversations where we're talking about what's important. What's our priority? What moves the needle? Right. Like, I think there's people that spend too much time talking about, again, going back to that pendulum, the ideas and the creativity and not enough on like focus and implementation. And so I think it's like spend just, if you just spend 5% of your time and just realign. So basically for us, it's every single week and every day. And then every month there's a rolling kind of cadence, if you will, of realigning those priorities. And then literally it's a spreadsheet that's like one, two, three, four, five. Like if you sat down on Monday morning and made a, a list of the five things that you needed to accomplish that week based on the priority, and then you actually started at number one and worked your way to five, like it would change your entire business versus like I have a to-do list and then I start nitpicking the things that are easy and I can get quick wins out of the way, but they're not really the most important thing, which is usually the hardest thing. And then therein lies the game, right? That's the game. So, so I think, I think just having that, you know, take, take an hour, evaluate your week, take a half a day, evaluate your month, right? Take a couple days, evaluate, evaluate your year. Like that goes so far because a lot of people are just living the same year over and over again. So the right? concept of re of reflection. For sure. Well, yeah. reflection to plan, right? right. Like yeah. reflect, learn something, 20% of it, 80% of it. What are we doing moving forward? Understanding yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Awesome. What, uh, what do you think people need to know that we haven't asked you guys? <laughs> you got one? Mm-mm. No, I'm thinking. You know what would be a cool thing if if there's no immediate idea there? You said something a bit ago, James, about like, oh, you are human. Like you've had this massive success. I'd love to hear like if you could pinpoint one, two, or three. Like, oh, this was a like this was a big challenge for us. Like anything that stands out of the last five oh, years. We have a list. Besides, besides like, coming on our show, they're yeah. like, this is this is the one negative mark on our record for the last five years was yeah. just a tip interview. It was going so well. Let me pull out my gigantic, never-ending notepad of problems that we've overcame. And I, I think that's a good question because um, I, I think you hear people who have done well, and all you hear is everything just went well. Right. And you don't really realize that it was a constant, like, getting punched in the face and getting back up process because that's what it actually is. I mean, we've had – I mean, we've had accounts get shut down, merchants get shut down. Product, money stolen from us. Money stolen, wire fraud, um, legal issues. I mean, you you name it. Like supply chain issues. You know, you got supply chain. Oh, we don't have this ingredient. This product set back. We got to delay this. We've got carrier. I mean, there's there's so many things. Two like, million emails sent. I think. Yeah, 
I think the I think the 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 whole premise of it is like if you're not getting punched in the face, then you're not doing anything, right? Like you should be feel, and I know this sounds like kind of morbid, maybe, but the reality is, is if you're gonna move forward, like it's only a matter of time before the next gut punch. And it's like, yeah. well, it, it depends how you react on it, right? Like if you get up from it and you go, let's figure this out. So like, and that's the thing too with teams is, is when you get that gut punch, leadership is being the guy that's like, okay, cool. We know the facts of this. What are we going to do now? Because we're going to yeah. figure it out. That's the mindset. It's like, there's like, I don't even wince. It's like, there's been so many gut punches. Like, I'm just like, I've got like, I don't know, something like, like I got to steal adamantium down here now, right? <laughs> like that's what you want to develop, you know? Yeah. It's like, they keep socking me, but, but like, I don't falter. I don't wince. The team doesn't lose confidence because I don't lose confidence. And the question is always, what can we do now? Not like, woe was me. I can't believe this happened. Like there's not an ounce of that kind of language coming out. And that sets the precedent for the mindset of the whole organization. I think that's, uh, I think that's so important. Um, one of the most succinct ways I've ever heard that was in the book, Extreme Ownership, written by some Navy SEALs. And they're like, anytime anything happens, good, bad, like anywhere in between, you're, you're out in the field and you know, you break your leg. The response is good. You know, this happens good. This happens good. And it's just like, good. What am I going to do with this? Good. What am I going to do with this? It's like the faster you can see this, like, next piece and do something with it. Good. And I feel like that's like, that's what you're talking about right here is good. Yeah. It's the, it's the, the shift that things are not happening to me. They're happening for me. And even when they're bad, I still have that mindset that they're happening for me. Like how many times, like, like if you sit right now and you reflect on some of the hardest times that you've been through, I guarantee the back end when you came out of that made you the great person that you are, gave you the great skill that you have, gave you gave you a character trait that that you would never want to give back, right? You learned something from it. And and like you know, it, it, it's it. It's like it sounds like a cliche like quote book, but it's just like you're either going to let the failure define you and then quit or you're just going to be like good, like you said. Just be like good. This is happening for me. What are we going to do now? And if you just go, if, if you just train your brain, like, oh, get punched. Good. This is happening for me. Oh, I keep smacking the, the desk on the microphone. Good. Well, this is happening for me. What am I going to do now? And you just like, that train runs through your head. Like, it's inevitable that you're eventually going to win. It just, it's yeah. just inevitable. Because you know why? Because most people won't, right? You're in a, you're in a macroeconomic game com competing against everyone else's mindset, right? Like, I, I believe that all humans, we're on an equal playing field. We have different gifts and strengths, but I think everyone has the potential. I have a GED, right? I should not have or be where we are. Uh, she's got, she's very college educated, so I'll speak for myself. But I should, not, <laughs> I should not be where I am, but it's like, I just got punched enough and kept saying, good, this is happening for me. What am I going to do now? And kept moving forward while somebody else quit, ten, you know, 500 punches ago. And that's why they're they're not on the podcast or, or they're not on the on the list or whatever, right? Yeah. Well, I know I know for me, you know, just like as a great example of this, when I met Dean, like I had a choice. It was like I could just projectile vomit, which was, you know, what I was really feeling, 
where I was just like, okay, good. I'll start a podcast with this guy. And so that's just like a real world example of exactly what you're talking about. Just like a constant gut punch that you can keep saying good to. Yeah, yeah exactly. This is really mental toughness training for me. It's the only reason I do this show is just be like, all right, I don't want to, but I'm going to do it. Good, I, good, I good. This gets on because he's like, I'm just going to get on here and train my my gut punches <laughs> from James the whole show. That's why I don't say anything. I'm in training right now in perfect well, size. I'm just waiting for him to come back. Like he's been in training for three years and he's not throwing any punches yet. So I'm just like, all right, eventually he's going to come out swinging, or at least I hope so. He's practicing his patience. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So I think, you know, I think one of the things that, um, you know, maybe we could just sort of touch on it at the, the last few minutes of the show. And this is, this is something I see and it, it just, it kind of bothers me with a lot of, a lot of people who reach, really any level of success. And you guys, I think on, on an objective level have had an, an incredible amount of success, but you see some people and they're like, they just let success go to their head. Like almost instantly they're like, Oh, like I'm, you know, I'm better than other people or I'm this or that. And, and they just lose all sense of humility and their ego inflates to like the size of a small planet. <laughs> and you're, and, and they're just not awesome people to be around anymore. They start riding on horses. Yeah, they ride into their podcast on a horse or something, right? It's just like, what on earth is going on? And but uh, but I guess what I want to just like maybe hear from you guys for like one second. Um, how do you maintain perspective in the middle of tremendous success? Because I think some people let failure knock them down, and sometimes people let success knock them down in an odd way, right? And how do you how do you maintain that? that level of like, okay, you know what? I've got all this, I've created all this, but I'm still me, right? Like Kaylin, like you said, like, I'm still being real. I'm still showing up as who I am. Like what's, what's your, what's your take on that? Well, I just, um, you're not as cool as you think you are. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. And it's, it's so funny. Cause I feel like, um, you know, most people, they, you know, they do get this like fandom, they start getting this stardom, whether it's the amount of money or the amount of followers or whatever it is that makes them um, feel elevated above others. Uh, it's, it's really interesting because when you start doing that, it's like all those things can be taken away. And the reason that people loved you in the beginning will be the downfall in the end. Right. And, uh, so I've just, you know, tried to purpose to just stay in that Avenue of like, all I am is trying to pertain to the women who are just like me, who are sitting on the couch saying, Oh my gosh, I've lost hope. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. And I try to talk to that woman. I don't try to talk from, uh, I say this all the time, when you start talking from like level 10, because like you've gained all this success and you try to talk down to level one, like it does not compute. You cannot communicate in that way. So I make it a purpose to always say like level one, level two to like the same women, right? Level one, level two. And I speak on that level because honestly, like, um, that's the only way that they can hear you. That's the way that you communicate. And people think like, oh, because I'm bigger, because I'm better, like now more people will listen to me. And it's actually the opposite. I think the other thing too is um, I always strive to not read the comments, right? So we do a lot of video ads. That's really like what we're great at. That's what we're good at. And there's a lot of people that are like, oh my gosh, you're my hero, da, 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 like all this stuff. I don't read any comments. I don't read any of the good comments. I don't read any of the bad comments. Um, you know, you can't get too high in your highs or low on your lows. And just like you can read all the comments for validation that what you're doing and that you're awesome and that 
you're so pretty or da da da. The same comments are telling you, oh, I hate your hair and your teeth aren't straight and uh, I hate the sound of your voice and your hair's crazy or whatever, right? And so I think it's really important. Uh, one of the things that I've done is just I purpose to not get too high on the highs, not too low on the lows. And the way that I combat that is not reading the comments, right? Mm. Not reading those things um, that would make me feel inflated or deflated. Um, cause for most, some people it is the deflation, right? So I would say hundred percent, like you're not as cool as you think you are. Maybe your mom thinks so, but, uh, keep yourself in check. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. My answer would be pretty simple. I think it's, it's more of a spiritual thing for me. So, well, so for both of us. yeah, no, totally. I knew that was going to be your answer. So I wanted a different one. <laughs> <laughs> she knew it. She She's like, don't leave me, don't leave me out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, so I, so I serve and believe in the God of the Bible. And, and I have a higher calling and I have a higher authority. So if I think that I'm Jack crap, like I'm not, like I, I didn't create myself. Right. And all the ideas that I have, like I, I they were given to me, like, like text messages downloaded. Right. And so, so I, I'm plugged into a different source and um, I think anyone can, but that's a different conversation. But, uh, but ultimately that keeps me humble. And I know that nothing good comes out of, pride except yeah. ego and then now you think that just because of what you've done you're going to continue to do things well when and so i think i think there's there's safety in the in, in counsel of others right there's you know you're listening to this podcast right now because you're trying to learn and if you want to learn about something learn from someone who's doing well at it and continue to do that but but the minute you think that it's all you i think that's when you're going to start to decline because mm -hmm. at the end of the day like there's a lot of people on this earth. There's a lot of ideas. There's a lot of businesses. There's a lot, there's a lot of information. And if you think like you're unique in some way of like, and I'm not trying to say like people don't have great unique ideas, but just, um, just understanding that you didn't create yourself and ha having that humility to continue to be a student and to continue to learn and, and to continue to receive and accept new ideas. I think that's, th that's the key, right? Because if, if every day is going to be different as you grow your business, right? You're going to continue to have to grow yourself, right? Your business is only going to grow to the capacity that you can grow. So it's going to hit a lid, right? This is John Maxwell's got law of the lid. So at some point you're going to hit a lid and what you know now and who you are now isn't going to get you there. So if you think that you're all that, like you're going to be stuck right, right there, all that, right? Man, freaking awesome. You guys, you guys are awesome. Or actually like, maybe that's a comment that you're not supposed to listen to. I don't know, but I, I think you're pretty cool. Um, <laughs> you take it. Yeah. So, um, Dean, any, any parting shots before we, uh, before we wrap it up here today? Like you, I have a lot of compliments, but I don't want to ruin these guys career. By, uh, <laughs> I just keep it. Myself. No, it's been awesome guys. It's, uh, always good talking to you. Well, and I, th I think, you know, one of the, there's so many reasons I was excited to have you guys on the show, but I think one of them was this last topic that we talked about was remaining real and humble and maintaining perspective throughout the journey. I feel like you guys, if, if you hadn't maintained, if you hadn't been grounded like that in your faith and everything else, I think there was probably so many opportunities for this thing to go off the rails numerous times, but like not getting all high on yourself because of the success and not getting all down on yourself when things weren't looking so good. Yeah. I think is is something that I've observed that's such such an important factor in what you've created. And I wanted I wanted to make sure that that message got heard. Um, and it's not just like, oh, like we figured out this cool Facebook ad hack or like this or that, right? It's like there's some real 
life principles here that have been fundamental to what you guys have created and, and this that um, you've achieved. And so anyway, thank you guys so much uh, for, for being here with us today. You know, I, I do have to apologize for Dean riding in on the horse, not saying a hell of a lot, you know, all of that, but he, trust me, you guys know him. He really is a good guy. He didn't mean to insult you by not asking that many questions. <laughs> and, uh, and hopefully, uh, hopefully you had a good time anyway. Hey, we just scratched the surface, man. Thanks for having us. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you guys uh, for being here. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to our first video show. We're going to be bringing these to you every single week. Uh, make sure you check out our past episodes at justatipshow.com. And we will talk with you guys next time. Later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justatipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.